we have returned. It's been forever. Maybe. I don't know. I, say, I think it's been... The last episode came out not too long ago, though. I think it was right? like a uh, week or two ago. Yeah, a couple. With, uh, it was with Christian, right? Yeah, I recorded two weeks ago today from day of recording. Okay, so, yeah, cool. I guess it Good hasn't thing. been that long. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, welcome back, audience. Uh, missed you dearly. Love to see you guys around all the time. Uh, we got another episode cooking, and today, as is almost tradition, we had a Marvel analysis last episode. This time, Jake Smith has returned for some Star Wars conversations. We are going to get into some topics outside of Star Wars, but it is probably going to be the bulk of this episode. So, uh, hell yeah! First off, let me ask Jake, how the hell are you doing? Well, I'm doing good, but there's some uh, some Star Wars stuff we'll talk about, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to spoil it. Well, we will spoil things eventually, we will, but. Uh, yeah. We'll so, put disclaimers before. <laughs> I was about to say, we're going to put that out now that um, there are going to be spoilers for The Bad Batch Season 2, Mandalorian Season 3, and the show on HBO Max, The Last of Us. If you are not caught up on those, I highly suggest get caught up. They're great content, and uh, then you can come back. Right. But until then, you're banned. <laughs> you're not banned. Please please listen. Yeah, I can I can try and go talk some uh, talk about as much as we can without spoiling a whole lot, I guess. Well, sure. But uh, there are several things that... Uh, oh, man. There are going to be big moments that we have to discuss. Yeah. But other than that, <laughs> yes, we will try our best to avoid any um, world-shattering spoilers. Right. But, um, <laughs> I guess we'll jump right into it because we had talked right before recording what we're going to start with. And uh, you decided that we will begin with The Bad Batch, which has just finished up its second season. Yeah. Um, may I get your general thoughts on the season, sir? Honestly... It was it was really good. Yeah, uh, there were a couple episodes that I thought were just kind of like filler spots, but yeah. then again, I mean, I I've, I've mentioned as I've mentioned time and time before, uh, Dave Filoni I think really just knows what he's doing. Yeah. So if there's a filler episode, if Dave Filoni says there needs to be a filler episode here, then by God, let the man do it. The man like, has spoken. Yeah, like he is like Star Wars Jesus for me. So everything he does is just a miracle. Him and Ewan um, McGregor, they're Star Wars Jesus. Right. Yeah. Like if he's if he needs to I'm sure he has a whole plan on how the whole season was going to go. And I will say he completely and fully delivered. Oh yeah. Um it's very fun. There were a lot of really good, really good character development. Um I just for fun, not too long ago, I went back and watched season seven of the Clone Wars when we first were introduced into the Bad Batch. Oh yeah. And it's fun to see how they were then during the Clone Wars and how they adapted yep. when the Empire, uh, when the Clone Wars ended and the Empire began. And um, I think Dave Filoni really did a good job with showing like the harsh reality of what they've become, especially in season two. Yeah. Because they've like, you know, they have to sneak around to survive. They know they're wanted criminals um, after the capture of Crosshair. Um and um, yeah, they just kind of have to lay low and live life n- not like a soldier. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's all about that adaptation. Like um, the description of the show was like the Bash has to find their way in an ever changing galaxy. I'm like, well, yeah, they're not used to this. So yeah, they just know like special operations, like life of a soldier. But right, what do you do when that war ends? Yeah, exactly. Like I think that is something that. Obviously, anybody would struggle with if you were I lived a, lived a life like that before. If you were like, you know, I, I would imagine maybe some some veterans that have been in the army all their lives, and when they get out of the army, they're like, okay, what do I do now? Like, yeah. 
it feels that feels different and you can really see their struggle throughout the season um and i think there's like a there's uh an episode not to this isn't really much of a spoiler but um there's a scene where uh i believe it's tech that he is still has such like an analytical mind just by nature and he like upsets Omega at something and Hunter's like, yo, you gotta be kind of like a person with her, you know, like she's just a kid. Yeah. And um, it shows that he's like kind of adapting and just how, you know, all of them are yeah. in general. I so after that episode, you definitely see, I mean, that was later in the show, but you definitely see more of that, like starting to slowly adapt. And especially whenever he shares a scene with Omega, it's like, he's definitely trying to be more of a person with her rather mm. than just being like, Here's the facts. Here's the analysis. Like, you got to find my data. Yeah. Here's the ones and zeros of the situation. <laughs> this deal with it. And right. So he's like, yeah, it's complicated. Like things are tough. And, mm-hmm. Like he gets down to her level a little bit. And it's, it's yeah. It's right. Great. A lot of people were upset last season that um, tech didn't seem to have as much mm-hmm. development versus some of the other characters. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I think they really delivered on this. Right. Uh, I think, especially for him. Yeah. I think every bad batch member, uh, including Omega, got a lot of good development, oh, yeah. um, a lot of really good memorable scenes, and um, yeah, it was just it was just really well overall. It I was. thought. And yeah. um, on the other side of the Bad Batch, it's really fun to see how the Empire is becoming like ordered, yeah. um, and uh, like trying to see the phasing out of clone troopers, um, and being able to essentially just see. How it all, how the empire just all began is just, I don't know, it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we had to answer the door real quick. Food has arrived. Food has arrived. <laughs> hey, I don't care. You can eat on the show all you want. Yeah. This, I'm drinking. You're eating. This is a great time. Oh, yeah. Um, but no, it was just a really, really cool to see like the behind the scenes of the empire because um, I've mentioned before, I think that. You know, when we, uh, in episode three ends, the empire is just beginning like literally day one. Yep. Um, and then by the time you see, I guess the next movie in chronological order, Rogue One, is it, is Solo or I guess Solo's first, then Rogue One, right? Or I don't know. I think so. It would have, yeah, it would have to be, I guess, because Rogue One ends right when A New Hope yeah. begins. Okay, you're right. Um, but regardless, um, in Solo, the empire is already, you know, really well developed and, a, a genocidal machine at this point, I guess. Um, so you don't really get to see how they become uh, become what they are. So I think this show really captures it pretty well. Yeah. Um, again, Dave Filoni, if I had to characterize the way he does things, is he just fills in the blanks so good. And like, I don't know, it's an interesting way to, an interesting way to really see how a show gets laid out because it's still new content, but it's also feeding onto the existing content. Yeah. So it's cool. Answering, answering questions that have been in the, uh, the fandom for a very long time. Right. Um, I think it's, it's interesting to see, like we're seeing a lot of real, just terrible people in the empire and everything. Yeah. Like that. And it, it's making you sympathize more with everybody else outside of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but also it's like, what, what the clone wars did really well was, um, when episode two and three came out for Star Wars, it introduced the clones and then had them immediately turn on the Jedi. Mm-hmm. The Clone Wars just kind of filled in the gap of like, here's how everyone kind of 
here's how the war went. Mm -hmm. And then after that, it's like you're seeing what's happening to those clones now, how they're being Mm -hmm. phased out and everything, how they're getting new troopers. It's brutal. An episode that did that really well was The Outpost. Mm -hmm. It was, what, episode 12 or something? I think so, yeah, right there towards the end of the season. Yeah, Um, with the crosshair on that ice planet. That lieutenant was an asshole. Oh, my God. Yeah, like um, when Crosshair and Mayday, like, this is the first time you really see Crosshair um, form a bond with another clone yeah. outside after he has parted ways with his squad. Yeah. And um, man, I like had a bad feeling that something was going to happen that like Crosshair was not going to, like this friendship was not going to last that long. Yeah. Um, but, and when uh, Mayday died, seeing Crosshair's like, oh my God, like, okay, the Empire is like, you know, Cody was right. Like <laughs> the Empire is like terrible. Like, Actually, everyone was right. <laughs> um so like yeah it was just that was a really good episode and i think everybody cheered when crosshair was like nah i'm gonna I'm a cap this guy oh, like yeah. he <laughs> just like hey lieutenant and he turned around and just suddenly a blaster hole in his chest so i was like yes <laughs> yeah i was like i at first the episode started to pan away like you see mayday die and crosshair there on the ground like just totally distraught and the camera's like fading up and away away from him and i was like no please don't end it right here please i want justice yeah i was and like then, if you end right now all yeah trust is lost right yeah and then it just cuts to crosshair's face like showing a really anger uh anger expression on him angry man yeah like and, that yeah <laughs> like katie when we talk about star wars yeah she's a, oh. Oh. <laughs> um but then it shows the cro- the close up, and then he goes lieutenant, and I was like, okay. I was like, please, please. thank you. <laughs> oh my god, like they're doing a really good job of just showing, like, yeah, these are the rich preppy assholes that joined the empire. <laughs> you can watch them die now. Mm-hmm, it's right. great, and it's crazy to me how quickly, um, how quickly everybody goes corrupt when the empire is like, oh my god, like so many people are like, I want a piece of that power. They instantly taste, go yeah, bad. You give someone a taste of power, and suddenly they're just like, oh, "I own it all." Right? Yeah. Like it's not like a slow transition of people. No, they're just straight up evil from the get go, and they're like, oh, yeah. "Yo, I can get on this and get powerful, and have a lot of say in what happens in the, yeah. you know, what we do." So, all really, really good things about yeah. season two. Um, Very good. Very and good. I guess to kind of touch a little bit into some of the spoilers that happen. Um, Thank you. With food delivery. Food. Um, seeing Crosshair kind of have somewhat of a redemption arc and seeing, I, I, I they kept hinting that it was going to be, um, you know, him kind of turning back to the Empire or turning back to the, away from the Empire, which turning I was very glad for. Right. And I was hoping to see them get reunited this yeah. season, but sadly it did not happen. It did not but such is the way of things. Yeah. Hello. And um, sadly, perhaps one of the saddest moments in Star Wars history occurred. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. So if you haven't watched, if you haven't watched Bad Batch, uh, turn off. <laughs> yeah. If you haven't, this is getting into spoiler content, people. The episode just came out on Wednesday, so if you haven't seen it yet, you should go watch it. Um. Or if you don't care about it, feel free to listen and just be like, what the hell is they talking about? <laughs> right. Um, it, it is. Yes, yeah. Katie, yes. <laughs> um, we uh, Plan we lost a friend of ours. <laughs> we lost our boy. 
Plan 99. Mm hmm. Okay, asked if it was the guy I was crying about. Yes, it was. Mm hmm. I was just sat there. I was like, no. And she's sitting there watching it. She goes, I, ho I hope he dies. I was like, no, he's a good guy. We don't want him to die. <laughs> mm -hmm. No. Well, so yes, we do see Tech fall, um, fall away when they were trying to escape in the last in the season finale. Yeah. He initiated Plan 99. He initiated Plan 99, Clone Sacrifice. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of people um, have theories that he's not actually dead because we didn't technically see him dead. Yeah. Star Wars has a way of making sure that if you don't see a body, they're not dead. Right. So a lot of people are gravitating towards that and being like, Tech is going to be alive because he, he's not dead. Like, he, he can't be because there's no body. Like, we see goggles. They're broken. But... He's absolutely not dead. And you got that doctor telling Hunter, like, yeah, yeah. Your, your friend is dead. Like, that's, that's too bad. That's too bad. And it's like, you lying mm. shit. Yeah. Like, this doctor experiments on clones. So I have a theory. Go for it. That he is, in fact, not dead. Yeah. But they're going to do kind of something what they did with Crosshair in season one, where they, like, oh. amplify him and, like, turn him against the batch. Oh, no. Which would be very scary because... uh He's very intelligent and uh, has a lot of their secrets and knows what they do. He's also a very capable fighter. Yeah. Yeah, that would be that'd be not good. But mm -hmm. So it'd be good for this the show's sake, but it would be very bad for the characters. Right. I personally think that's what's probably going to happen. Yeah. Uh, or he might really be dead because. But if that was what's happening, like it feels like when they did that with Crosshair, it seems like it's kind of wearing off because like he's. Mm -hmm. I mean, after that talk with Cody, like, yeah, he's not exactly sure about his place in the Empire. And then when Mayday dies, he's like, yeah, this ain't worth it. Mm -hmm. So I'm, right. I'm wondering if maybe he's starting to kind of feel like the need to go rogue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like um, in the season finale, you see Tarkin talk about how he didn't like clones because they had too much individuality. Oh, my God. I was like, you suck. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, dude, if you don't want that, then get droids again. Yeah. Like, <laughs> just pay for droids. Mm -hmm. Like. The Republic ordered an army of people. Like mm -hmm. they ordered clones and to be bred and made. Like they're gonna find them like their own individuality eventually. Right. So, like they like can't be. Yeah, they can't just be mindless. You know, mindless humans. Yeah. Uh, so like when he said that, I was like, you know, this is also the kind of arrogance and uh, hubris that dooms the Empire. Yeah. Because they're just like, oh yeah, we're kind of the best. Uh, nothing can touch us. Were space Nazis. Yeah, well, uh, what's also interesting is that, like, they were, I mean, Tarkin did, touched on that, but he was like, yeah, we're very much against individuality. So, mm -hmm. like, they're trying to uniform all their troopers, everything the same. Right. All their officers have the same uniform and everything like that. But then it's like, yeah, but you're still getting different people from across the galaxy to come together. Like, that in itself is individuality. Right, so yeah. You're kind, of, you're kind of screwing yourself by saying that. Yeah, like, you have to have some sort of, um, like... I don't know, just decent, like human decency. Uh, but yeah, and Tarkin has none of it. Yeah, like you can't just rule with an iron fist and expect to be like, okay, yeah. like everyone else does it too. Like we're gonna do it, you know. What we're was, also gonna do it this way. What was the line? I think it was, I think it was Leia talking to Tarkin. She's like, the harder you squeeze your fist or something, the more systems slip through your fingers. Mm -hmm. Ah, I think so. That's um, so good, and it's very true. Also, we get to see in the finale, like, we get to see uh, a character we haven't seen since um, 
the first season of Bad Batch, we get to see Saul Guerrero again. Yeah. And oh, crazy. Not, not, not going to lie, kind of hate Saul Guerrero because I think he's the one bit. that's inadvertently killed Tech. Yeah, I don't think he was planning on that. But right. um, by detonating a bunch of bombs in the compound, like mm-hmm. yeah, it's going to shut power down and it's going to screw the rail system and he's going to have to get out and restart it manually. And mm-hmm. then the fighters got launched. Like, yeah, he... Right. he yeah, he caused it. Like, oh, my God. Like, honestly, if he hadn't blown up the freaking um, summit place, then, yeah, they the, the rail line would have never lost power, and uh, they would have been able to get away. If they had waited, like, if they had talked with Saw and waited until they were at minimal safe distance, mm-hmm. and then they were like, okay, we're clear, you can detonate. I know, yeah, like, I wish, like, you know, because they didn't want it to be detonated because they wanted to track the cloner. Oh, guy. that's true, yeah. Um, yeah, they probably wouldn't have but like, anyway. Yeah, but even if, like, they were like, okay, you can detonate, but let us just get out of here first. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. then you know, Tech probably would have survived. Yeah. They would have never had the, the, the big shootout on the rail line. Yeah. I feel like they also should have just waited anyway because, like, all the officers they were trying to get, like, to assassinate were all at, like, the top level away from anywhere the explosions would have been. Yeah. Out. Like, they didn't get anywhere up there, like, anywhere close if to If they up had there. waited until they had come into the hangar bay, like, they could have more successfully completed their mission. But instead, yeah. they just detonated a bunch of random crap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was really dumb how when <laughs> he did die, that the rail car went away and, like, it was just fits. And he should have stayed... He should have... That's dumb. Like, maybe... The, it, why did it mm-hmm. just get fixed all of a sudden? Well... I think what it was happening it was, was like half the car. Yeah, right? there were like there were like two what? rail cars. Yeah. What's that? I was like I, I was like, yeah, it's like half. And I looked over at Katie, I was like, right? I wanted to question. Yeah. That is and it's a good point because like I think what happens is there's two cars. One of them gets knocked completely off the rails and is dangling. Yeah. And it is holding um it's holding it's being held up by the other car, but it's pulled the second car like halfway off the track. Mm-hmm. And Tech gets, you know, stuck dangling, dangling down over the first cart that's also dangling off. And that's what he, he shoots that line that yeah. disconnects the sec, the first cart. So when that, um, when that cart gets released, the second cart that was dangling gets long, like thrusted upwards back onto yeah. the track. And I think each side of the car had their own like locking mechanism to the rail. Mm-hmm. And so like when the fighters came in, it blew off that one. Right. So that was damaged, and it was starting, like you're saying, it started to pull the secondary one down. So he just shot that, and it separated, and managed to write it and go. Yeah. Plan 99. Oh, man. God. I think that's such a cool little, like, I like that they have, like, their own little protocols in there because I think they activate it too. In, um, I think, I'm trying to think, Crosshair says something. Plan 88. Plan 88. Yeah. yeah. Um, Only so- 11 plans later, and we got to watch one die. Oh, no. That's, that is not how that worked out. But- mm hmm. But, um, I think I think there's a good chance that he's not actually dead. Yeah. So we're gonna hopefully hopefully see him again in season three. Nobody, no death. Yeah, nobody, no death. We just have goggles, but that does mean that he they I guess found the body. Yeah, they found him. The Empire found him off screen. It's so almost more worrying. I know. So that's why I'm really thinking they they did something with him. Yeah. Yeah. So. Who knows? We'll probably see him again, and uh, hopefully it's under good circumstances. I know, yeah. Um, so that was the the season finale, and it was also cool. We got a little Easter egg from uh, Rogue One. Krennic. Excuse yeah. me, yeah. Seeing Krennic in there. 
Um, it was cool that they were talking about Project Stardust. I was like, he only said one line in the entire finale. He was like, update us on the uh, the progress of Operation Stardust or, something, or Project Stardust. Whatever. Yeah. And he was like, of course. I was like, is that the same guy? And I had to sit and watch the credits. And sure enough, they got the same actor to come back and do mm-hmm. the one line. Yeah. I was like, yes. Now, I watched a video of somebody like breaking down that episode. Yeah. And I saw something kind of alarming. I don't know if Dave Filoni is going to, if it's like related or not. But do you know the scene in Rogue One when Jen and Andor are trying to get the plans with that little like hand machine where they're like using like the uh yeah the claw machine yeah Yeah. um before they start doing that she's like listing through different projects that they're working on uh and then when she finds stardust she goes okay yeah that's it uh because that's me there's one that she names in there i think i I might be butchering the name but i'm i'm pretty sure it was called project omega oh um I'm not sure. It might not be that specifically, but Omega is in the is in the name. I think I think it is just Project Omega. I might. I, I guess I have to go watch the movie. I was gonna again. say I would go back and rewatch just to make sure. But like, I'm wondering if that's going to be something. Like, it's got to be right. Yeah. I wonder if that's like their like. I mean, we know like the Empire was trying to clone Palpatine so he could stay in power forever. But right. Like, I wonder if. Like they needed Omega for that for whatever reason, and so that's why the project is called that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very. Oh my God, you're right. That well, oh, that opens the can of worms. That's why they want. I mean, that's why they want Omega back. Yeah. Um, but like, it's kind of cool too. Um, another thing that's really good about the Bad Batch, um, and Mandalorian does it too a little bit. Um, but I'll talk about that here in a little while. But they really set up. The whole like I it's again Dave Filoni filling in the gap like filling in the gaps and probably fixing some of the stuff that happened in Star Wars that wasn't intent like like with the sequels for example yeah. like the whole somehow Palpatine returned yeah. <laughs> I'm sure Dave Filoni was like what the fuck, man he was like, probably like <laughs> I was talking with a couple people yesterday about that I was like I still enjoy those movies like if you look mm-hmm. at them as just simple Star Wars films they're fun they're enjoyable right. they're a good way to kill a couple. Mm-hmm. But if you're looking at it intensely through story perspective, right? Then yeah, that's where it's screwed up. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't have a clear story going through, just like petty taking away this, adding this, taking away that, adding this. Like mm-hmm. so, when people saw that and were mad about it, I think it gave like John Favreau and Dave Filoni and people at Lucasfilm the ability to be like, yeah, we need to like fill in the gaps for this. So that, <laughs> it's it's the same thing they did with the prequels. It's like we need to fill in some of the gaps to like mm-hmm. make sure that this period of time is like understood and has the gravity of the situation with it. Mm-hmm. I think they're starting to try and not starting. They've been doing it for years now, but like trying to fill in those gaps now. Like you've been saying, mm-hmm. Dave Filoni's great at that. So. Yeah, and I think by um, making it a little bit more understandable, like why they were so obsessed with cloning. Um, I mean, I guess that that makes sense as to why he was survived. Like he survived yeah. this whole time. And um, it really like sets, it makes the sequels a little bit more, um, I guess, just uh, makes makes them make more sense, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. It adds more gravity to them. Right, yeah. Like in episode um, episode three, after, if you've never watched the Clone Wars and then go watch episode three, it may not be like the most like heartbreaking thing when the clones turn on the Jedi. Right. But if you watch the Clone Wars and then go watch episode three... Yeah. Oh my God. It's, it adds a whole level of heartbreak. It adds a whole new, uh, you know, a whole new view on it. Yeah. And I think that's what they're doing. That's how they were kind of directing the Bad Batch season two 
towards the sequels because I know the Star Wars community has a very strong opinion about the sequels. Um, I got a couple strong opinions, yeah. Yeah, and Dave Filoni, like I said, is the messiah of Star Wars. So um, he is probably like, okay, I want to try give new content, new fresh content, but also fix you know what people yeah. complain about in Star Wars. Let me ease people's complaints. Yeah. Yeah. So overall, I would probably say Bad Batch Season 2, a good solid 8 out of 10. Yeah. Some yeah. of those filler episodes were like, eh. Yeah. Now, where but, did you rank that comparatively to the first season? Because like, I really, I, especially the finale, I really enjoyed everything about that first season. Again, mm -hmm. there were some episodes that I loved better than others. Right. I still love the show. Yeah. Um, um, but uh, yeah, I just wanted to get your general thoughts on where you thought it ranks among that. I honestly probably... Right about the same, I'd say. Maybe like a little. I like this season maybe just a little bit better. Sure, but like barely. Okay. They were both. They're both fantastic. Um, so, Katie's doing some revolutionary. Is that good? Dipping some steak really? into ranch. No, that's that's a that's a jalapeno dip. Oh, huh. I never thought about that. Katie just changed my mind a little bit. Huh. <laughs> Well, okay, okay. Uh, well, um, she's allowing me to try it. <laughs> we we might have acquired some uh, oh, some no. chewies, some chewies here. We did. That's a fantastic uh, Mexican restaurant. <laughs> I got it on my laptop a little bit. That is pretty good. That's a good combo. All right. Well, um, I guess we'll uh, we'll launch into the Mandalorian here in just a couple seconds. All right. Mando season three. Like when we, I think the last time we recorded, it hadn't come out yet. So, right. Yeah. We were just talking about what was going to happen. Some, uh, uh, just some, um, predictions and stuff like that. So I will say, I think most of what we've talked about, uh, what we talked about last episode seems to be pretty true that we're getting to see a lot of Mando's. Yeah. Um, Lots Especially, yeah. Um, I will say it's already been pretty action packed yeah. this season. This is the spoiler free review, yeah. Uh, for right now, then I'll jump into spoiler town. But, um, it was there's been a lot of action, a lot of Mandalorian lore, especially going on with like the children of the watch, yeah. That's really freaking cool. Oh, so I've, I really, really like that. Um, and, um, I guess the way we predicted the season to end was a little different than what actually happened. Because I believe we thought the season would end with Din getting redeemed. Yeah. Um, and there'd be a big showdown um, of what potentially, um, at least my prediction, was... Um, uh, throw down with Bo-Katan. With bo yeah. yeah. Um, however, um, I guess now kind of... Well, I won't get the spoilers yet. But... Um, other than that, I would just say it's been it's been really good. It's action packed, um, and yeah, it's just good. It's, it's good oh, Star man. Wars story, it's, it's, good lore, um, yeah. and um, I'll touch a touch base a little bit on this here in a minute. But this also is really showing how the First Order became a thing. Yeah, and the, how they were so quickly able to almost win. Right, yeah. like, and it's another thing. John Favreau does the same thing as Dave Filoni, they, they fill in the gaps really yeah. well. 
Um, so I'm sure a lot of questions were a lot of people were wondering when they went to go see episode seven, they're like, okay, where do these people come from? How do they come into power just so quickly right. after the empire fell? Like, do you think they wouldn't do that again? Yeah. But well, hmm. After watching the Mando season three, you get to see a lot of the inner workings of the New Republic. Yeah. And um, one of them being, they're like, yeah, we're just going to get rid of our military. Like, yeah. oh my God. <laughs> like every planet has their own independent system and rules and guideline and government. And I mean, in hindsight, yes, that sounds like a great idea in yeah. theory, but so does communism. So, it's, like, <laughs> it's interesting because they're like, yeah, every planet, every system, like anywhere from the interior to the outer rim, wherever is like, yeah, you can run yourself. We just like we'll watch over you with like mm-hmm. X-wing flyovers every now and again if you need it. Like patrols will fly out there should you need it. But for right. the most part, you guys are just kind of on your own. We're not going to like restrict you or anything like the Empire did. Mm-hmm. But then we're seeing episodes where it's like, or I guess an episode with a uh, uh, Imperial Amnesty program. So the New Republic launches this program for anyone from the Empire if they wish to convert, mm-hmm. um, redeem, and not yeah. be so. And not be thrown in prison. Yeah. Um, they can go through this program where they basically just are underwatch of the New Republic. They have certain boundaries they're not supposed to go through. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just, they work for the New Republic, trying to make make the Republic better for mm-hmm. them after what the Empire did. But right. Like, yeah, like you're seeing, like, you get Dr. Pershing back and he's yeah. in this amnesty program. And he's doing, like, he seems to be doing pretty well. He's given speeches and everything. He's given TED Talks. Right, uh, yeah. Literally, his, he gave like, a Star Wars TED Talk about he cloning. Did. He gave a Star Wars <laughs> TED Talk about cloning and how it could help. And everyone, like, in the New Republic just kind of turned a blind eye. They were like, oh, you're so intelligent, but uh, we're not going to do that. <laughs> um, but then you're seeing them work and everything, and he's, like, getting rid of old data and everything like that, or, like, uh, marking stuff for deconstruction or uh, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. And, like, all of it, he makes a point where it's, like, all of it is really, um, like, in good shape imperial tech and everything. He's like, why are we, why are we scrapping this? Right. And they're like, oh, well, it's imperial. He's like okay, so like we can, we can still use it. And they're like, no, we can't. That's Imperial. You could submit an appeal, but I can't promise that's going to work. And he's like, but, but why that can be <laughs> useful. And I'm sitting there like, yeah, what the hell that can be useful. Right. Yeah. Like just because the machine is, um, Imperial, like the equipment is Imperial. doesn't mean the people operating it are Imperial. Yeah. Like, so you can use the technology that almost won the war, but right. And like, at least have some sort of like strong, know military presence um yeah. maybe not like enslaving people or doing stuff like that, that to the too, empire they but like completely scrapped the the rebellion fleet yeah they just got rid of all that they're literally like oh we beat the empire there's gonna be peace hey. everywhere now we're good yeah, man. Like, we're good. Oh my God. and then they're surprised when there's stuff out in navarro like imperial remnants and it's like what you expect you right. don't have a military to take care of that anymore exactly yeah um <clears throat> and they uh you get to see kind of later on um I guess kind of get into a little bit of some spoilers here. Um, so if you, haven't, if you haven't been caught up on season three yet of Mando, go watch it. Yes. Um, but that's not a question. That's a demand. Yeah. They, yeah. Um, but in the last episode, you see like pirates try and take over Navarro. Yeah. Um, and that just kind of goes to show that like anything is going to happen, especially in the outer rim. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get to see grief Karga, uh, high magistrate, uh, grief Karga. Um, go to the new Republic and be like, yo, uh, I'm getting my like plan is getting invaded. Uh, can you guys like send help? And they're like, mm, we'll think about it. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously nothing happens, but then they do have one guy, one guy from the new Republic. That's nice. And goes to warn Mando. Yeah. Tava. Yeah. He's awesome a cool dude. guy. Uh, he, 
you get to see him in season, I think one and two. Um, and he has a little bit of a run in with Mando, but like Mando just kind of outruns him in the end one. And, yeah. uh, but he goes back to warn Mando be like, Hey, uh, your friend's planet is getting like dicked on by pirates. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> he's like, you guys are, your friend is getting screwed up right now. Like we, yeah. we kind of, like, I'm telling you because the Republic won't help. Like, yeah. You should probably go do it. And he's like, Okay, get out of here. Right, yeah. Like, we don't, like, you just see that the New Republic is just so, like, oh my gosh, no. Everything anti-freaking, anti-imperial, um, anti- um, which is, it's similar. It At least to me, it seems like it's very similar to how um, World War One ended. So when mm. World War One ended, everyone was like, "All right, f the Germans. They yeah. they started this. They get to be completely destroyed and punished." And like uh, the Treaty of Versailles is just so like harsh on the Germans. It was so like anti-German. It was yeah, like, and obviously that was a huge instigator as to how World War Two started. And the Germans built back stronger than ever mm-hmm. and almost took over the world. Damn near, yeah. <laughs> so like a very, I think you see a very similar thing happening now. So the empire falls. Everyone's like, okay, super anti-imperial. If anybody even says the word imperial, they're going to get thrown in the amnesty program. Yeah. Um, see a good old mind flare to change your mind. Yeah. Like we see poor Dr. Pershing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Stranger things, no way out. Yeah. Wrong, wrong, wrong flair. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but now that they're doing this, they're completely re- like shutting out all of the everything that the Imperials did. Um, and, you know, it's just they're just going to build back stronger than ever. Yeah. Come around Empire 2.0, just like Germany 2.0. Mm-hmm. Um, and which is how I would imagine you, we get to see the First Order rise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they even hint at it too. The uh, what did you say the new Republic officer is Tava. Tava. He even tells the um, one of the commanders in the High Republic or in the New Republic. He goes, "Yo, something's going on in the Outer Rim. Yeah. Like, <laughs> there's things happening, and if you're not willing to do anything about it, it's going to get too big for you to handle." And uh, yeah, it does. And it's oh, and it does. Spoiler alert! <laughs> it gets like that real fast. Yeah. Um, so I've really enjoyed that aspect of the show a whole lot. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting too. Um, our theories about what was going to happen with Mando season three, uh, at least so far, have been pretty not what I guessed. <laughs> well, yeah, um, it's a pleasant yeah. turn of what you expected. Right? Yeah, right. Um, you get to see a lot of Mandos in action, especially in the last episode. That yeah. one was that was really fun to watch. I think I was wearing my helmet almost the entirety of the first like premiere episode because I was like, I have to. I was drinking out of a Baby Yoda mug with a giant baby Yoda plush wearing my <laughs> helmet and a Mandalorian shirt with my dog tagging Mandalorian flask. I had to do it. I know. Like, this is the freaking way, baby. Oh, yeah. um, but then um, Den gets redeemed really early on. Second episode? Yeah. Oh, wait. <clears throat> second, right? I think so. I think second. It or... was, yeah, because the third one was the Amnesty mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Man, and then yeah, we wow. get to see a freaking Mythosaur. Oh, That was God. completely out of left field. I had I no idea. I jumped out of my seat. Yeah, I was I was watching it at my lunch, on my lunch break at work, oh my and God. I shouted in my car. I was like, "That's a mythosaur!" <laughs> I was like, "Wait a minute, those aren't rocks. Those are that's a tusk. It's a that's alive." I know. I saw like the eye, and then the tusk I was, it was moving. A statue, but it wasn't. I was so happy. Yeah, and um, oh my God. it's it's interesting too to see that Bo Katan kind of like is like. She shook about it. Uh, well, she was, yeah, she was definitely shook. She's the one that saved Den. Yeah. Um, but um, 
she kind of followed, started following the way. <laughs> yeah. Um, Got a new pauldron with the mythosaur on it. Yeah. So like she almost became more of like an ally. Yeah. Um, however, I still have a theory that she might not be truly like, I think her true intentions were to, you know, get their trust so she could rule Mandalore. Yeah. Um, and I definitely think after watching this last episode, they're really hinting towards that. Well, I I am wondering about that because it seems like it could go that way. But at the same time, it's like um, she said it during the season two finale. She's like, yeah, Mandalorians have always been stronger together. Mm-hmm. Like, if we had if we had all of our people together fighting as one, we would never have lost Mandalore. Like, yeah, right. Imperials never would have glassed it. They wouldn't have done anything. Yeah. So, like, I think I would like to believe that she's. Din brought her back to the covert on that desert planet. We haven't gotten a name for it yet, but um, Tatooine like, 3.0. Yeah. <laughs> Jakku the second. Yeah, right. Just with more water. With a big old space gator. <laughs> yeah. and giant and space pterodactyl. Um, like, I think she's seeing like, yeah, there's a lot of our people still alive. Like, maybe it's not such a bad thing. And I think the more she's been involved with them, like involved with the children of the watch, she's like maybe these people aren't so bad. And if I can be around more of our people, then I'm, I'm willing to do whatever it is. Right now, last episode, she was given the task of like going to find more Mandalorians, bringing them back to tomorrow. Since once they dealt with the pirates, mm-hmm. they now get a plot of land, like a lot of land yeah, for but, the Mandalorians to live on. Which, thank God. Right. Yeah. It's going to be great. Yeah. It, um, I forget where, um, it's just a fun little Easter egg. I saw in this video, um, Grief Karga says that you can have the land all the way from, uh, I think, the hot springs to some some canyon. I forgot what the name of the canyon is. Yeah, I think it was like a canyon or a gorge or something oh, like yeah. that. But, uh, but what's cool, though, is the name of, that can- of the canyon is the name of the original Boba Fett actor from the original trilogy. Oh, Jeremy Bullock. Yeah, Bullock. Yeah. yeah. Bullock, um, Bullock Canyon. That's Bullock what, Canyon. Yeah, you're yeah. right. You're right. Um, oh. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. That's awesome. I know. I didn't even notice it. And then they pointed out in a video and I was like, oh, that's such a cool little tie. That's, like, that's a fun Easter egg. That's awesome that they're given like part of the land that Mandalorians are going to now live and flourish on again is named after the first one. We As saw. the very first Mandalorian oh, we've ever seen awesome. in Star Wars. <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah. So I like that detail a lot. Um, um, but um, we, um, yeah, like we get to, we just get to see a lot of, really cool Mandalorian action too, like fighting, like combat. Um, and not going to lie, I thought Paz Vizsla was like, <laughs> in the last episode when uh, Mando is given his spiel to the whole covert about why we sh- they should go help Grief I, Cargo. I thought the same. I thought he was going to be like, no, we're not doing that. I know, yeah. Paz was like, he started off saying like, no, no, I don't like this man. We he disagree. Always the, he always has this way of like, I hate you. I'm your friend. I hate you. I'm your friend. And right. like, Boy, he just saved your son. I was watching people react to the, the episode, and they had the same reaction I did. It was like, he saved your son. And I was like, he saved your kid. And yeah. He was like, why should we risk our lives? Because we're Mandalorians. I, was, I shot out of my chair. And I was like, yes. Like, Hell yeah. This is the way. I know. I was like, he had us in the first half. Not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> but then he's like, because we're Mandalorians. We're oh, warriors. And I was like, okay. Yes. I really like the direction that they're taking this show. Like. Yeah. I really hope that we get to see now. If I was to put a new prediction out on what will happen in the season finale, hey, we still got half the season to go. Oh my! We're only halfway through. Oh, I think so. They've, oh, they've done eight episodes per season, right? I think so. Yeah, and yeah, we're halfway through. Oh, that's even better. Which is uh, awesome because we also haven't seen like everything we've seen so far. 
was in the trailers. Yeah. The rest of the season, we're going in blind. Yep. There is no, I have no idea what's going to happen with I'm so, it. I'm so excited. Um, and um, I just think it's going to be um, Mandalorians uh, gathering, maybe like you had mentioned before, where they might recruit people from Navarro now that they're going to be out in the light. Yeah. Um, out in the above, certain, like not hiding underground or in a cave. Um, so they might recruit people. Um, now that, um, it's an interesting thing. They made Boca or the armorer said that Bogatan walks both worlds yeah. now because she's seen the great mythosaur. Well, it's also that she's lived both ways. So like she yeah. lived most of her life as a Mandalorian who has been able to remove their helmet. She's mm -hmm. not been in the children of the wash. So she's lived that life of removing her face and allowing like people to know who she is. While also living with the covert and being like living in secrecy, where it's mm -hmm. like their most pivotal, pivotal weapon. Right. So I think that's more so what she was going for. But yeah, also like having been able to see the mythosaur, like she's walked the world where it's legend, but mm -hmm. also it's now real. Right. Like, yeah. Like it's, I think, I think that's a cool little detail um, because I think that shows that she's going to potentially be like lead them in the, like into combat to take Mandalore back. Yeah. Um, and um, so yeah, it was it was fun watching everybody, all the Mandalorians, like look at her with the helmet off. Just yeah. Like, like didn't you just get redeemed? Like they were like, what? We, what the hell? Like you just you just put the helmet on. Like you, come on. I like Paz was like, she shows her face. <laughs> the armor is like, okay. And he's like, I'm gonna shut the hell up. <laughs> this is the way. Sorry, didn't mean to. <laughs> I don't mean to question. <laughs> like he'll challenge Mando all day long. Yeah. But as soon as the armor is like, shut the hell up. She, he's like, okay, yes, ma'am. I mean. <laughs> This is also a thing in Legends, like, armors, uh, or anyone who could forge Beskar was really respected in Mandalorian society. Uh -huh. Because, like, that's an ancient, ancient technique. Like, mm -hmm. some armor we've seen in, like, Clone Wars and... Um, um, Rebels? Uh, yeah, Rebels. Mm -hmm. That's, like, not pure Beskar, like most of the Mandalorians in this show. That's, like, a Beskar alloy, almost. Mm -hmm. It's, like, right. it's not purely refined. Right, because um, the Empire looted it all, right? Yeah, so it's not... it's more or less it's like um it's almost like bulletproof kind mm -hmm. of still but it's you're still gonna die if you take a direct blast gotcha. um so like having an armor be there and be like hey yeah she can remove her helmet it's fine mm -hmm. they're like you you say <laughs> yes ma'am yeah. you are the law yeah, like you get to say it <laughs> right um yes i i just think i thought that was a really cool detail so like all all boat needs now is the dark saber um yeah. which is interesting they really have not touched on that since episode two like she had it and mm -hmm. killed that spider droid with it yeah like, other than that she never asked for it again she's not brought it up she's never tried to challenge it right no other mandalorians have challenged for it and din hasn't even brought it up so i'm like mm -hmm. are we gonna see more of it i hope so because i yeah. love that thing right yeah like i want to see um i mean i would love to have din wield it for the rest of the or like the remainder of the show but yeah. i mean he clearly when he first wanted it in combat was like oh, you take it i don't yeah. want it <laughs> i think yeah he i know, yield yeah i guess he didn't know this severity of it but he was just like eh, yeah if we're in combat right now i yield you won't take it here you go yeah but again it's all about the story it's i know it's all about the story and the way connected and bokatan kind of didn't get it originally yeah. um she was handed it she was handed it but like yeah yeah you can take this yeah. and then she brought the curse uh she but <laughs> she brought the merch but it's kind of cool now that they see though that Mandalorian or Mandalore is not cursed. Yeah. Um, that the air is breathable. Um, I mean, sure, maybe all in ruins. Um, seeing Mandalorian or Mandalore in um, live action was really cool. What? We're being um, given a choice here. Okay, never mind. <laughs> and um, yeah, 
Good yeah, to see so, Mandalore live action was a real treat. That was really good. It looked really, really good too. Just like from the Clone Wars. Yeah, it like just being able to like I, I remember seeing it in the trailer. Yeah, um, how like destroyed it looked, but it's like you still got the general like shape of the dome and everything like that. I'm like, there's the capital city. It's yeah, so cool. I know, and it was it's so tragic to see it all in ruins. But like the fact that we were able to see it in in live action was really cool. Yeah, just to be able to see it at all is like, oh, so good. Right, and um. I really hope that we could just see them go back to it, but I don't really know. Are they just going to like start building stuff again? Like it's everywhere. Could. Like there's destruction everywhere. Yeah, they certainly could. They would probably just need to ship materials there because there's nothing there but glass. So yeah. unless you're making houses out of glass. Right. Yeah. It's not a good idea. Right. But um, I like that. I think when I was watching the episode before this one that just came out, um, dealing with like the giant hawks and everything like that. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, they need to get the hell off this planet. Everyone is about to die from giant alligators and hawks. It, and pterodactyls. But then <laughs> I was watching again, a reaction to it. And one of the guys on it is like, he knows almost like a ton of stuff about star Wars. He's more in depth than I am about this kind of stuff. Uh-huh. And he was like, no, that's actually like, it, it's dangerous. Yeah. But that's a perfect place for Mandalorians to train. They like, the ancient ways were them training to ride war beasts, like uh-huh. training to conquer them, like fighting in hostile territory like, yeah. and hostile environments, like right. sand everywhere, fighting against gators, like water combat, everything like that. Like that's a perfect place for them to train. Navarro is also going to be a good place for them to train foundlings because it's a heated environment. Yeah. Like dealing like having to deal with like um, harsher heat because like mm-hmm. even on that planet, it's mostly sand and desert, but there's like large pools of water around like lakes and oceans, maybe. Right. Like, uh, so it's, probably more temperate but there it's like all lava it's yeah dry, so it's flats. yeah so they're gonna have uh, good opportunities to train there right so, yeah so. and i think i think um your prediction of having them um convert people from navarro to join the covert i definitely could see that happening i think um, that yeah i wonder how many people if any they're gonna actually get to do that because like it's a mandalorian tradition that anyone can be one if uh-huh. they wish to walk the way mm-hmm. um so like anyone can become a Mandalorian. I wonder if there's going to be people that are like, oh, they're pretty cool. I kind of, I kind of want to do that. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I don't know how much Beskar is left for them. I was that was another thing too is like, like they just seem to always have enough. But like yeah. I don't know if like they just left it where they were at the covert or yeah. I don't know. Who's to say? Yeah. But it would be interesting though to see what happens. Um, I would say though that I could see the rest of the season playing out as um, maybe. Instead of fighting pirates, the Mandalorians will grow in numbers. Um, but I think my theory is that they will run into uh, when they're trying to. All these Mandalorians are going around trying to u- reunite one another. They're going to find Mandalorians that are loyal to the Empire. I think so. Yeah, um, it's possible because in Rebels we see Mandalorians that are. Um, you know, that are in favor from the empire, the, like the uh, empire. Imperial super commandos. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's going to happen because <laughs> the latest, the last season ends with uh, the new Republic finding out that Moff Gideon escaped. Yeah. Um, and they said that there was remnants of Beskar alloy, or I, I think Beskar. Uh, there was a fragment of Beskar stuck in the cabin of the ship or something. Like right. That. So my theory is, Mandalorians found out about them, the ones that were loyal to the Empire, yeah. and they're like, okay, yo, I'm going to bust you out. Um, mm-hmm. You're good. Let's go. Yeah. Um, and I think somewhere, um, maybe just, it might just be like a quick tease just to 
set up the Ahsoka show or do something more for the Ahsoka show. But I'm wondering if uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn is going to be... People uh, are suspecting that um, because I think it was episode three, like you've got that large group of uh, TIE interceptors maybe or just TIE fighters, but you've got a bunch of fighters coming at you. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's not like... Moff Gideon had some fighters and like a small squadron maybe, but that's like a lot of fighters. That's somebody else. Yeah. Like, there had to have been, like, 50 of them. But also, like, Christopher Lloyd, um, Doc Brown from uh, Back to the Future, he was cast in The Mandalorian, but we still haven't seen his character yet. So I'm wondering if he's, like, another um, Imperial Warlord or Moth or Lieutenant or whatever that's still out there commanding a larger force. Yeah. So I'm I'm open to see that. Yeah, it very well could be. Or um, if – I would love to see – I would love to see a new – imperial guy for sure but if that wasn't grand admiral thrawn that was destroying bo katan's palace maybe it was moff gideon it could have been yeah it could be both they both had run-ins with her and yeah do not like her yeah they do not like they do not like bo yeah um so like maybe that was his way of like teasing or be like eh, i'm awesome. gonna destroy your home because <laughs> i Got like your bo. home twice yeah <laughs> so like i'm just kind of curious to see how it plays out but i think there is going to be a big showdown between armando covert and maybe enemy Mandos battling for um, battling for uh, Mandalore, and maybe it will take place on Mandalore. And when Ooh. hope is lost, either um, Bo or Din will go down to the mines of Mandalore, be, wake sword. up that myth sword, be like, "Yo, we gotta, we gotta go up." That'd be so cool. <laughs> and then everyone was like, "Oh shit!" Like that's a myth sword. I remember texting. Okay, you we're that, good. That I, was, I almost called you, but. Um... I think Katie was over at your place, like you guys were hanging out. Uh-huh. I almost called you. I was about to go. Sorry for the audience. I was about to go. A fucking mythosaur. Yeah, like I was about to be so. I was about to yell my heart out about that because I was like, the fact that they brought this thing from legends, like even in the books and stuff, like outside content, like it was technically extinct or at least a legend at some point. Um, but now it's like, no, yeah. There's at least one alive. I'm just like someone's gonna ride that shit. Like, I know. You had Boba Fett. To. You had Boba Fett riding a Rancor in his show. You gotta have someone riding a Mythosaur this yeah. time around. That'd be so good. I know, and I, I, I really hope that it's going to be that it would be Mando. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I could very easily seeing it be Bo. And if it's her, I'm not gonna complain. Yeah, I'll be. That'd I'll be, be like, so cool. Good. I'll be cool with that. Oh um, man. But yeah, that's. I think that's how it'll. It'll definitely. Uh, play out yeah. so the possibilities that that unlocks is just like oh i know i want it all <laughs> like i would definitely say that this season so far has been very good i cannot wait oh it's to see. absolutely my favorite so far just yeah it oh, gave yeah. me everything i wanted which was more yeah. mandalorian right and i think did you say bryce is bryce dallas howard uh directing the next episode oh is that either the next one or she might have already done hers she might have done a couple but uh, okay what? i can't remember but I don't know. I'll have to see. Yeah. If so, though, she does great work. She did a lot of really good episodes. She did my favorite episode in Mando season one, where Except, we get to uh, see the covert, uh, where he rescues the child. Was that? No, I thought that was. Or he wasn't. Maybe no, was. she did the one after that. So that's the first time we saw Cara Dune. The oh, one, okay. The one before that with the covert. That was uh, Deborah Chow. Oh, okay. I got you. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. They've both done amazing. Yeah. So. But yeah, they both done really yeah, good. Regardless, she's done great episodes. But she did. Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard did do the episode where we saw Bo-Katan for the first time. Oh, okay. That was her. I gotcha. Yeah. It was still a really good episode. But though. of course. But yeah. All right. Well, uh, we're going to shift gears here in a couple seconds to uh, some of the Last of Us show. Overall, Mando, we love it. 
We're going to switch. Solid nine out of 10. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if not, 10 out of 10. Yeah. Nine out of 10 is good. Right. All righty. All right, we're shifting gears a little bit. We're uh, we're gonna jump into some uh, zamboodle content. Yeah, well, some zamboodle and some uh, fungal content. Which yeah, some <laughs> out of context sounds really weird. Yeah, but uh, we're gonna we be talking about uh, first and foremost, we're gonna talk about The Last of Us because that's another show that has ended. Um, and again, starring Pedro Pascal. Right. <laughs> um, can I get your thoughts on the show? Because you just finished uh, the game in, in right. tandem with that. Yes. Um, I, yeah, I just finished the game for... Uh, I got the remastered Last of Us Part 1 for uh, PS5. And um, I will say, definitely the most realistic game I've ever played in my life. Yep. Uh, like, the graphics look so good. And I know it's just... I guess probably because it's just, uh, been remastered. But I went back and looked at some of like the older, uh, like the PS3 and PS4 Before footage. It was remastered. Yeah, and even back then, it still looked really, really good. Yeah. Um, but I really, I really like the show a lot. Um, it's interesting because I thought I was not going to really like it too much because I knew what was already going to happen essentially. Um, and for the most part, I will say the show does follow the um, game pretty well, um, especially like some dialogue is almost like direct. Um, but I don't know what it was. Like, I don't know what it was about it. I still really liked it. Yeah. Like, even though I knew what was going to happen. And there, there were even a few times where, um, some of the, um, uh, some of the stuff that happened in the show, um, was new content and like, it was still kind of followed on the same stuff like that episode, like with Bill yeah. and, uh, like we knew who Bill was in the game, but like, it was a very different, um, depiction of him in the show. Um, Mainly just because we get to kind of see about his life, other than you know what we get to see in the game. Yeah, yeah. They made some like um, creative differences from the game. Um, not not really huge, but um, I think the biggest one was them starting with um, like a little bit of life before mm-hmm. everything happened. Because when you're playing the game, it's just like it's the night of, mm-hmm. so like everything's about to go down in a couple hours. But like right. this, we get to see like the whole day beforehand, and then. Yeah, right into it. Right, but it was it was. I really enjoyed the show. Yeah, I did too. And I'm I'm very much excited for season two. Yeah. Um. However, I don't know when that is coming out. Um. I think they said at the very latest it was going to start around 25, 2025. So it's going to be a long time. Yeah, wow. but like, I mean, they gotta they're gonna wait a little bit, do some writing, obviously, and then you know, mm-hmm. principal photography takes a long time. Yeah. So. Gotcha. Yeah, I think. Uh, what I'll probably do then between now and then is hopefully play through the last of us part two. Um, cause I really just want to, I just want to play the game and the first game was really fun. Yeah. Um, but, um, I'm excited though to see what they do. Um, because I think the show just did a really good job of showing how in my mind, I get, or in my opinion, what a realistic apocalypse will probably turn into. Yeah. They had a really cl- like, plausible cause the like the fungus i think they said it was growing through like bread like wheat stuff, yeah they right? said it was like um it got into like grain and like flour supplies almost yeah once that got mixed in with other products that's how it kind of started to spread around. right yes yeah. so that's why we see the elderly woman the neighbor yeah turn because she was eating those biscuits yeah and it's funny to think that like had sarah eating those biscuits because they offered her they offered her some 
Well, also they were looking for pancake mix at the beginning too, and that would have been contaminated as well. Oh yeah, that's so, very true. Because they were out of it, they're good. Yeah, like they like dodged a bullet several times. Yeah. Um, oh, that's so bad to say. I was about to say <laughs> somewhat literally, but also not. <laughs> it's, it's, oh my god! As soon as I said that, I was like, oh god. Yeah, <laughs> like man, I, I had played through the game once, and when I mean spoilers if you haven't seen it, but the game is pretty old, and the show is basically directly off that. But right. Man, when Sarah died, dude, in the game, I cried. And then during the show, I bawled my eyes. I was going to say this. I, I was crying into my Dr. Pepper. I was like, oh, no. Yeah, like, I played when I first played the game the first time, I was like, oh, no way she dies, right? Yeah. Like, there's no way. It just started. Um, and it was, like, one of the most, like, depressing moments in a video game I think I've ever played. Yeah. Um, and then when I went to go watch the show, I mean, I knew what was going to happen. But, yeah. like... I don't know. I was like secretly hoping they, um, cause the first episode is when she dies and I was like, okay, well maybe they'll just kind of do, it'll be based off of the game, like the characters, yeah. but maybe they do their own little story twist. They change it up a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, I was just holding on to that hope. Yeah. But then that scene where they come across the guard, I was like, Oh no. <laughs> I, was, um, I was listening to some people talk about that, um, talk about the game and they were talking about like the conversation was kind of more so focused on like, how multiplayer games are kind of taking over stuff, but they would rather be lost in the single player story. And they were talking about The Last of Us and how it did that so well. And they're like, yeah, to be like really screwed up emotionally mm-hmm. in the first like not even hour of your game because mm-hmm. you have to play as a character who's trying to get his daughter to safety and then still lose her every time. Mm-hmm. Like that just, re- and before you, anything in the game really even happens, like that just messes with you so hard. Yeah. And the show really captured that as well. Cause it's like, yeah, you're holding on to hope. Cause it's like, yeah, they might take some artistic liberties and maybe change some stuff up. Maybe she'll live. No. Like mm-hmm. if, even if they were going to do that, like that would kind of defeat Joel's whole character. For yeah. A good portion of it. But right. It's like, oh my God. It's just, it's yeah. a heartbreaking thing. It really is. And I think the one thing the show captures a little bit more than what the game captures is um, just like how like broken Joel was after everything. Cause like the game, you just kind of get into the game and you know, you start doing missions and stuff with tests and you know, it's just kind of like a video game. Um, It's hard to really see emotions, I guess like that. Kind of. Um, But in the show, like you see, um, Joel going through it like yeah. that first episode um, like you just see him like you know buy drugs and alcohol and you know yeah just like also he's just trying to figure out like how to get by yeah you know? so he's like buying and selling like, mm-hmm. he's doing all this and everything like that but also he's like I think he's just trying to keep himself focused on anything else like the, it takes place like 20 years after she died right but, like, right right still that's I mean still even after 20 oh, years man. after 20 years he is still like broken from it which i mean i don't blame it like that no, was such a traumatic that's, experience yeah that's any anybody would be that way after that yeah for sure but i think the show did a really good job of um setting that up so you know he's just like like you said he's going day to day he's like whatever pays more give me that job kind of thing and even if it's like the shittiest of the jobs yeah um but then when it's more rewarding when you see him finally start to connect with ellie mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, thank God. He's like been brought back yeah. from like the, you know, from the dark days. Yeah. I, uh, I remember talking with a buddy of mine, like we were uh, not really worried, but we were a little uh, questionable about how this show would go just because like um, 
while the game does have a very good story going through it, like most of that game is seeing like like you exploring the surrounding area, mm-hmm. like looting what you can, like seeing if you can find notes and safes and like getting supplements and crafting materials and everything like that to boost your character. And then um, like sneaking around, dying and respawning, dying mm-hmm. and respawning like continuously. Yeah. So it was like, how are they going to turn this into a show? Like, how are they going to be able to capture that? Mm-hmm. And really they just like, they did it faster mm-hmm. um, just because you're not seeing respawns. You're not seeing right, like, right. stealth attempts and everything like that. You're mm-hmm. just seeing what would have happened if like someone was living through this. Like you said, it's a very realistic interpretation. Yeah, I agree. And like, you know, there's like, if the game feels like it takes a long time to go, uh, to go through, it's probably because you're taking a long time to go and do stealth, like sneak around every zombie you see. Like they're not going to show that in the the show, obviously like, but they will show, you know, little bits and pieces of it here and there. Um, But then, yeah, like I think like, for example, like the show, like the walking dead, um, Love that show at the beginning, but it just kind of dropped off for me. Um, yeah. But they never really explain too well how it all begins, really. Yeah. Unless um, they did in like later seasons, but that was like I, you know, I don't uh, even think they I did. Know. I don't think they did. Um, they had that spinoff show called Fear the Walking Dead, yeah, where it it does depict the very beginning of it all, like yeah. when it all kind of starts happening. People are like, "What what's going on with this guy?" Like, "Oh, you shot that guy. He was a zombie. Like he wasn't a zombie or something." But I don't even I didn't really get into it either. This was like when I was starting to lose interest in The Walking Dead. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? Maybe this will revamp my interest, and it did not. Yeah. Um, well, it's it's sad because that show um, was good in the fact that yeah, it depicted like the very beginning of it. Because mm-hmm. when we're watching The Walking Dead, it's like the you're in it at yeah. that point. Like it's been I don't know how long it had been, but like Rick is waking up in the hospital and everything has happened already. It's a established yeah. thing. This right. like it's all very new like this is happening but now it's like i think i saw an ad there they may have another season coming out soon um but it looks like it's just kind of merged in like an in-between mm-hmm. seasons of walking dead and i'm like that's that's still fine but i'm like i at that point you just have the show yeah like, whether they did right that intentionally or if they were like oh maybe this should have been like a morgan spinoff mm-hmm. um I don't know, but apparently they've got a couple spinoffs planned. Yeah, one I'm, is one is shooting right now. It's a, a Rick and Michonne yeah um, series. Yeah, so I think interesting. Yeah, I think Rick and Michonne. I think a Daryl show is going to happen. Speaking of that, we're, we've gone way off. Topic, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> um, I got sent an article by my mom recently. Apparently, um, Norman Reedus, the guy who plays Daryl, and Greg Nicotero, one of the showrunners for The Walking Dead. They are opening, and they've got a couple other locations, but they're opening a restaurant here in Louisville. Really? Um, like right behind, like right near the Yum Center. Huh. So, I'll, and she was like, What kind of food? So, are we going there? I was like, If we can, yeah. <laughs> like, yes. I was like, If they make an appearance, I'm absolutely getting my photo taken with Norman Reedus. I cannot oh, pass it yeah. up. Norman Reedus is such a cool guy. He's, like, I've awesome. watched the little interviews with him, and apparently, him and Andrew Lincoln, uh, the guy who plays Rick, they're really good friends. They're really good friends, and they would prank each other a lot on the mm-hmm. set. Um, one of the best ones I saw was like they were shooting in the middle of summer in Atlanta, Georgia, and super hot. Uh-huh. And um, like Andrew Lincoln just gets in a car and tries to turn on AC, but Norman Reedus had filled it with glitter or something like that, <laughs> or like confetti. And so he turns it on and just starts going and just shoots like glitter. Yeah, so he's cackling and laughing. Andrew Lincoln's just looking at him like really sad, just like sweating bullets. He's just like, Why would you do that? <laughs> he's a British dude. Uh-huh. So he's just saying, Why? Why would you do that? <laughs> it was it was so good. It was like perfect. I, don't know. Um, I saw a, just a quick 
quickly, I saw another joke too, where they did where uh, Norman Reedus and Andrew Lincoln were going on um, on TV, on national TV. Um, I think they were doing, well, maybe not national TV. Um, I believe they were speaking with people in Japan. Okay. Um, and I think it was Japan or China. I, I can't remember. Um, anyway, Norman Reedus speaks, I think it was, I think it was Japan. Um, he speaks a little bit of Japanese. Okay. And uh, Andrew Lincoln had asked him, um, basically saying, uh, I think he was trying to be like, so how do you, how can I say thank you all for supporting the show or something like that? Oh boy. So Norman Reedus told him a line to say that Andrew Lincoln thought was thank you all for supporting the show. But he, the line he actually said was, where's the bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> So he's just like giving a bow and everything like that. Like, thank you for supporting the show. And they're all like, yeah, they're all boarding. They're like, what? He's like, what did, what did you do, Norman? That's awesome. And like, he like went through with it. He didn't stop him before he said it. Um, But I guess like, if we're going to circle back around to, um, Damn, I'm losing my train of thought. But if we're going to circle around back to The Last of Us, uh-huh. um, I think there was some kind of like roundtable interview where it was like uh, the actors for Joel and Ellie and then the showrunners and the mm-hmm. guy who created the game and everything. Like, yeah, they were all talking about stuff. And apparently, um, Pedro and Bella Ramsey, the girl who plays Ellie, they had um, a little bit of playful banter as well. Yes, yeah, so. yes. They were like, I believe they were very close on set. And yeah. they both are from Game of Thrones, aren't they? Yes. They never worked together on Game of Thrones. Oh. Because like at that point, by the time she was introduced, I think Pedro had died off. But, oh, um, tragic. Yeah, they were both Game of Thrones alum. But they're uh, very good at what they do. Yeah. And I think they're, um, even if they didn't really work together on The Last of Us, I th- or on, the, um, on uh, Game of Thrones. Right. I kind of think that kind of camaraderie, uh, knowing that you two both worked on the same project, just yeah. feeds into your chemistry pretty well anyways. It does. Uh, it's like meeting somebody like you went to – say you start a new job and then you find out that one of the, your coworkers went to your college or something like that. No joke. I think that actually happened to me recently. Really? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, like it's just like a like a little bond you got over like kind yeah. of already. Um, so but that's always cool, like especially if it happens at like work. Well, it also just kind of establishes like that little bit of rapport already. So it's like, okay, well, we've got this in common. So you can kind of launch into a conversation about that. Right. Um, yeah. As like some kind of starting point. Yeah. But um, I don't yeah, know. Absolutely. I'm trying to think. I don't think there were very many changes um, from the game to the show. Yeah. I'll, which only, I'm fine uh, with, but also like, even if there were some, it didn't make me that mad. Right. Yeah. I think like the, the big thing, um, and it wasn't really like different, like they didn't really, uh, change anything they just added some detail um yeah. was with the episode with bill and frank yes. yeah um there we go sorry um with like bill and frank um because in the game I, I can't remember if i talked about this in the last podcast or not but um but in the game maybe i was just reading into it incorrectly but it seems like they bill and frank like hated each other it definitely um, um seemed like that yeah towards the end especially because like i think i think at the end of like your time with bill in the game you find frank's body right like a letter that said like f you bill yeah pretty much and like saying like i had to like frank says to bill in this letter yo i you know 
you're stupid. I can't, I can't stay in that town for another single second. Yeah. Um, I hope you, uh, I, something about like, if you don't, if you die, die quick or something like that. Something, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, I guess they didn't really yeah. like each other. Um, but then in the show, like it's a very, they have a very happy relationship. So like, yeah. and then they both, uh, die together. Mm-hmm. Whereas, um, in the last of, in the game, um, Frank is dead, but, but Bill is but, still kicking. Yeah, Bill is still going on. And um, once you part ways with him for uh, like kind of towards the beginning of the game, then you don't run into him again. Yeah. So I don't know if he's dead in the game or not. I, I haven't played part two yet. So I don't know if they ever touch back on that. Really? I don't think so. Gotcha. Um, well, yeah. So it's it's kind of up in the air. Yeah. Maybe to be on. assumed or um, just to see if he comes back in future stuff. But yeah, that one. Like everybody I saw talk about that episode, uh, Bill and Frank's episode, they were like heartbroken over that. And I was like, well, yeah, yeah that was like, we got to see like people's whole lives together. And it's yeah. like finding that one semblance, it's, it kind of goes back to like Joel and Ellie's story. It's like finding that one semblance of peace and like meaning in a world full of chaos and destruction mm-hmm. and latching onto that. Yep. Um, it's, like it's really a powerful thing that can bring you back from any kind of brain. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Like Bill, um, as you like, as you see in the show, I, I wouldn't say he's like, um, I don't know, like depressed or anything, but like, you know, he's, I would imagine he seems pretty lonely. He's, you know, there in that town all by himself. Um, and obviously lets Frank stay with them. So like, I'm sure that he definitely was like, okay, yeah, this is, I can see this working. Yeah, um, I think at that like but, when it started out, he was happy to be alone because like he wasn't being taken by the government or anything. Like that. Yeah, he he's hiding out in his basement. Yeah, he's, with he's his just PC got a stuff. rifle ready. At the, like he's got all sorts of guns on a wall. Like he's, yeah. he was prepped for it. But, right. Like, um, well, he had like a really amazing line that was like, he had nothing to be afraid of um, when everything started because it was like he had formed like a strong perimeter around the town, mm-hmm. like. Had plenty of weapons and ammo. Yeah. Like, had a butcher set up, a farm set up. Like, he had everything he needed to Survive basically... off the land. Yeah, to basically <laughs> live life. And sometimes in luxury, like, he had a hell of a wine collection. I know, that yeah. Man was like, eating like a king every day. I know. Like, he was, like... He had warm electricity. Yeah. Like, he had warm... Like, he... Air conditioning electricity. Which, by the way, I've all... Um, I've talked about that with our, our my friend Cole. And... Mm-hmm. Um, we're like, how did he like do that? Like, how did he maintain power and well, gas? Well, he had that and, generator. Yeah, uh, but, but yeah, how the how the hell he managed he to get all that gas? gas? Like, I mean, I guess he did. Like, I think he looted a a gas station very early on, so it was before people were actually taking it. But, yeah, uh, like he like turned on like the vat, like the valves at like a breaker station, and yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. He just survived on that forever, and I was like, I mean, I guess if you're going to be in an apocalypse, yeah, <laughs> that's how you got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> But um, I also, I really liked that um, zombies too. Like you could kind of get away from all the zombies if you're out in like the countryside. I did hear him say something about that. Like they're never going to be all the way out in the far, uh, like in the far, in the middle of nowhere. They're always like kind of congregated towards larger populated areas. Um, So I thought that was cool. And I just like that there's a bunch of different little organizations and communities, much like The Walking Dead. Mm -hmm. Um, but like just kind of that have formed outside of the, uh, what was it? Fedra? Yeah. Is that the government? Um, and, uh, yeah, it was, it was just, it was cool. And, um, 
it seemed like uh, there were, I mean, there were still some bad groups out there when you, when you meet, um, what's the guy's name? The, Henry? No, is Henry that, is that the, the two guy, the brother and the yeah, two brothers? brothers. Um, those, yeah, those were great. Those were great characters. Very tragic. Uh, yeah. And um, see in the game though, um, Henry, is Henry the the little kid? I can't remember. No, I can't that's remember. Uh, I think that's Sam. Sam, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's Henry and Sam. Sam Henry's the older. Brother. Yeah. Um, in the game, Sam does get bit, but he doesn't tell anybody. There's like a little shot of him, and he pulls up his leg, and you see the bite. Yeah. Um, and what's kind of cool is was it you and I talking about that we saw a sign that said um, it where depending on where you got bit, it would tell you how long you have essentially. Or maybe that um, might have been I might have been talking about it with Cole. I think you were talking about it with Cole, but like I think that was like the early episode, like first episode, like there's a kid who had a bite on his leg as well. Uh-huh. And um like there's some federal agents that look over the sign and they see how long he has. Yeah. Like, might as well just take him out. Right. But, and like that kind of makes sense that um because I think when Tess gets bit, she gets bit in the neck or like right like here in like the collarbone yeah. area. And she said that she already feels it. Like she's already like not feeling yeah. good and i so i guess that makes sense that it's closer to the brain yeah um but since henry got bit in the leg it makes sense that he like turned overnight like it throughout it would yeah. took, take a little bit longer but in the show yeah or in the movie or not movie uh in the game rather he doesn't tell anybody that he gets bit mm. and ellie goes to check on him one morning the next morning and he's like just kind of standing there like <laughs> yeah and then he turns around and goes full on zombie mode right. um but in the show, it's cool that Ellie tries to help him. Yeah. Like, yo, I, I think I'm in, like, you know, in, uh, what's the word? Immune. Yeah. And, like, I'm going to try and help you. But sadly, it does not. It did not work. In yeah. vain. But. Um, it, which, I guess it was a it was a good thought. Um, like, they say at some point, like, cordyceps, the fungus, like, grows in the brain. And that's mm-hmm. what turns people. But, like, it's a thought that, like, if she's immune, it could be something in her blood. Yeah. So, might as well try it. And it didn't work, but, I mean, that's a, at least one thing she knows. Yeah. Can't be done. Right. And, um, yeah, so I just thought, I thought that was a, a fun little detail. And it kind of adds to the, like, I wouldn't say uh, Ellie is, like, this sweet little, like, innocent person. But, like, she's got a good, you know, she's got a good heart. And I think that shows it right there. Because, yeah. um, like, there aren't really that many mo- many moments in the game like that. Because uh, you just kind of in, in the game, you're just kind of leading Ellie to the fireflies. You're really just kind of booking it through, like uh-huh. you've got an objective and you're completing it. So right. It's really about like you're getting to see more of those connections she makes over time, just because like you got to fill the time for a show. Mm-hmm. But right. also, it's like, hey, we never really explored that in the game. How about we focus on that a little here? Yeah, I think that's what makes it really interesting too. Like, uh, just adds a little bit more depth to the show. So another way to kind of make it a little different from the actual game. Right. Um, but I um, really enjoyed the uh, season finale. Um, yeah. When he goes back and when Joe's like, wait a minute, uh, you you ain't killing her. Like <laughs> at this point, he already sees Ellie as another, as like his daughter, essentially. And uh, I guess I have a question. Do you think what he did was morally right or wrong? I knew this was coming. Because so, I was about to bring up the internet has had debates over that since the game. Yeah. Um, Truthfully, I don't know because um, it's a sticky situation. When you look at it, like as I was about to say, as a doctor, I'm not a doctor. Um, <laughs> I feel like any surgeon or doctor or medical professional, 
should have been laying out like here's exactly what we need to do right they lay out like the parameters of a surgery it's like we're going to do this this and this are you good with that Mm -hmm. um they just didn't do that for her like i get the mission is important and if you're going to find a cure like that should take priority but you still need to be like hey this is probably going to cost you your life are you still willing to do that if they had that conversation and ellie was like yeah i'm doing it and Mm -hmm. joel could have fought back a little bit but at least then he probably would have been able to say goodbye yeah um which might have given him some closure like he still probably would have been pissed yeah he never got to say goodbye for sarah like she was Mm -hmm. shot right there but yeah ellie he could have said goodbye realized what she was doing was important and maybe it would have worked out right i still think um like i like that ellie came out of it alive i like mm. that he did that but, yeah um i don't know i feel like if they had laid everything out then they could have avoided that mm-hmm. but um like i don't like that he lied to her yeah like, he was like yeah they found a bunch of people like you it's like mm, no and then he's like yeah none of it worked it's like you could have just said they were wrong like what they did didn't work yeah but i mean he i feel like he went a little too big with the lie um, yeah that's just something they couldn't maintain yeah like i think there's other things he definitely could have said yeah um or just straight up been like they were gonna kill you <laughs> yeah um, so like they didn't like that we took out a bunch of their men yeah um they were gonna kill us yeah. so um and i think ellie would have been along with that because she's seen what people like what joe will do to people that try to kill him right so um but yeah it's it's interesting i think though both parties were wrong both joel and the fireflies yeah. uh definitely should have been an ellie decision they, they should have in the perfect world both the um both Joel, Ellie, and um, Marlene. Is, is that her name? Yeah. They sit down and be like, okay, this is what we had to do. Yeah. It's going to probably kill you. <laughs> yeah. I just, I don't like the fact that not only did they take Joel and Ellie unconscious, but right as they took Ellie for surgery, then they're telling Joel, yeah, here's what we need to do. It's mm-hmm. like, you should have waited until you could tell them both what they right. needed and then allow them to make a decision or just be like, we still need to do this. Mm-hmm. Joel would have fought back still. But yeah, like, I'm sure, at least I'm sure he would have been aware, like, well, Ellie would have been aware, like, shit, I'm going to die for this? Yeah. Like, she right. didn't think that was coming. She would have thought, like, we'll do what we need to do, mm-hmm. and then we'll leave. Yeah. I'm I'm curious as to what, I wonder what Ellie would have, if she were given the choice, what she would have chose. Yeah, I wonder. Um, Part of me uh, thinks she would be resistant to doing it because she doesn't, wouldn't want to, like, I don't I think know, so. but if she truly believed that, um, if she like truly believed in the fireflies, then I think she might have. She also could have been like, "Okay, I'll do it." I could see her laying yeah. down her life in order to save it, but then again, I, I see, it's it's tough. It's tough, and uh, yeah. I do see why Joel um, didn't want to. I, if I were, I'd try to imagine myself in his position, like what I would do. Yeah, I've done and, that too. And, tried to think about that. Yeah, and like truthfully. I don't know. It'd be tough. I probably would still do the same thing that Joel did uh, because my mind initially would be like, this is not going to work. Like so skeptical. Like, yeah, maybe she has been bitten and immune, but like, I don't know. Does that mean like, we're going to be able to like make everybody else immune? Like, I don't know. It's, it seems far fetched. Even if they could have done that, like found out whatever it was that made her immune, they would have had to take all of it and she would have been dead. Mm -hmm. Um, or and like go from that and synthesize something that they could have mass produced but then it's like how many people do you have who can synthesize compounds and mm-hmm. vaccines and everything right and then mass produce that on a scale mm-hmm. to help the world mm-hmm. or at least a country 
to get more people to mass produce more. Yeah. And then spread it. It's because you run into all sorts of sticky situations with that, where it's like, even if they did it, maybe they can cure fireflies mm-hmm. and they would probably just become the, the superpower because then they're like, we control the cure. Mm-hmm. Like, right. Bow like, down. Yeah. Like we've got it. Uh, if you want it, then uh, go get it. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, uh, but yeah, like at this point too, I feel like if this were to happen a year into the uh, the apocalypse, it'd be different. But we're twenty years in, yeah. like technology just hasn't advanced for twenty years. Yeah. So, what are the odds that something like that would actually work? Yeah, it, it would be different if it like started in today's world now, because uh-huh. then it's like you're working with, um, I mean, you're working with a lot more advanced technology. If you manage to keep power on and everything like that, whether it be by generator or just mm-hmm. something, right? Um, then you're looking at possibly using like brain scans and everything to find out exactly what is causing that. And yeah. maybe you can artificially create something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, since like for them, it like time basically stopped mm-hmm. in 2003. Yeah, like technology and everything just stopped there. Pretty so much. So twenty years later, they're still relying on older tech. Uh, yeah, an old um, tech that more than likely wouldn't work. And who knows if the doctor was really that experienced? Exactly. Um, so I could see why Joel is like, "Yeah, I don't trust these people. They're just going to kill her. It's not going to work, and she's going to die for nothing." Like Sarah. Right. So like, but at the same time, I think that's part of the reason um, that. Um, makes Joel kind of like an anti-hero in a way. Oh, like he's not like this knight in shining armor character. Like no. he's still learning to, cause um, he was like for, you know, 20 something year for 20 years, he was like this brute, like brutal do anything I need to do to survive kind of guy. Mm-hmm. So like those instincts just don't go away. in that short time. I feel like, yeah. So um, it'll be interesting to see, I'll be interested yeah. to see what they, uh, what they do. I'm and, excited um, for it. Yeah. And, um, I think I mentioned it last episode, but season one, or AKA the last of us part one, the video game, uh, the theme of it is based off of like, is driven by love. Um, and the, uh, last of us part two, the emotion that drives it is pain. Oh, so I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be pretty dark. Yeah. So (laughs) it's based off of what I've seen from the game. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm excited to play the game. I probably will play it soon. Um, let's see. I, what else am I? We're, uh, am I playing through any single player games right now? It's been a minute. I haven't really had too much time to do it, but sure. Um, I would like to probably get it from my PS5, and we've got Jedi Survivor coming out soon, so I'll probably be playing that too. That's but right. uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I really like the show, though. Um, I'm excited for season two. Um, just yeah, just see would what they have to do for there. Would you play it on your YouTube channel? Honestly, yes, I probably would. Okay, um, because I actually bought a um, um, a display a display uh, what's the word a capture card for hey, my PlayStation. Hey, you, you told me about that. Um, but what kind of sucks is uh, so it's capable of recording in 4K. Um, yes. However, I have a 4K monitor, but the two HDMI ports that are on it are HDMI 2.1. Hmm. So they're like the step above a standard HDMI cable. Oh, HDMI okay. port. Uh, basically, all that HDMI 2.1 do, uh, does is you can get, um, for games, you can get um, 4K at um, 
144 or yeah, I think 144 hertz. Oh, okay. Because most TVs or most 4Ks cap out at 60 hertz. Yeah. Um, but this one allows you to do 144. I think. I think it's 144. Hmm. Um. Anyways, the Elgato capture card that I have does not support HDMI 2.1. Oh. So I can't plug into my 4K monitor. <laughs> okay. Uh, and I have a 2K monitor that I haven't actually tested it, but I would imagine probably works because yeah. it has just standard HDMI cables. But it won't be able to ca- record in 4K. Yeah, that's the only that's the only downside of it is that it won't be able to record in 4K. Mm-hmm. But right. I mean, but I, I might I might try and put put some uh, put on my single or put some of that on the um, uh, on the YouTube channel. And I've been thinking about putting um, Jetta Survivor on there once that comes out. Ooh, that'd be cool. Um, and then maybe a little bit of Spider Man. Yeah. And as always, this is shifting gears to yeah. our seven days series. And of course, seven days to die. Oh, it's been so fun. <laughs> but we, Ryan and I just finished Horde Night uh, number two last yes. night. Night fourteen. Yeah. Oh. So and that game, that game has been a lot of fun. It really and has. I think after watching The Last of Us, it's really kickstarted my uh, my love for zombie games. <laughs> yeah, for the undead. Yeah. yeah. Like, because I really feel like I'm living in The Last of Us. <laughs> yeah, it makes you think a little bit. Because, um, I mean, we've talked about it in the the series itself. But then, like, um, The Last of Us just makes it feel like there's a lot of stakes. Mm-hmm. There's a lot going on. Not only because, like, you're getting this person across mm-hmm. the country. But, like, yeah, like, there's danger around every corner. You need to find supplies to craft med kits and uh, shivs and whatnot. Like, Seven Days to Die, you've got a start from nothing and work yeah. your way up and it's like right you can eventually get to like these amazing fortresses and everything like forged steel everywhere like uh-huh. the toughest material you can find but you gotta you gotta work real hard. yeah we gotta do a lot of looting a lot of yeah. building and um truthfully it's been a lot of fun yeah it's, um, it's been a really really fun time we uh we basically took refuge in a house and have fortified it up a little bit mm-hmm. and are currently adding a uh walled addition where most of the fighting for Horde Knights will eventually take place. Last yeah. night we had an unfortunate design uh, or unfortunate breach in our yeah. design. But, uh, we didn't we'll, see a flaw in our system until it happened. Right. But we know exactly what we can do to fix it. <clears throat> so next Horde Knight will be a little bit more prepared. Next I Horde Knight will uh, be prepped. So uh, yeah, if you guys haven't seen it yet, go to Pizza Man LK on YouTube and uh, subscribe. Watch Seven Days to Die. Watch all the content. It's fun. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, we've Leave got some comments if you have suggestions. We need it. So, yeah, no, I'm I am very very new to the game still. Um, but played it a little bit before on the PS4, um, and then got it for PC. And um, yeah, there's still I come from Minecraft, so there's a lot of I I know the like kind of like what it, I guess what it takes to play the game, like knowing all the you know the stuff you can craft and like where to go to loot and find and survive. Yeah. Um, but it is very different than Minecraft in a lot of ways. Yeah. I've been playing the game for a long time, but I can still use some suggestions because I don't know everything I'm doing. So <laughs> anything you guys can throw at us, we'll gladly take. Yeah. So, we've, um, we've got quite a few ambitious builds in mind. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> some ideas are still just that they're ideas, but others are being put in place. As, yeah. Kind of as we speak, because the episodes are still coming out. Right. Yeah. I've got, we've got four episodes recorded <laughs> that are ready to be uploaded. <laughs> we got four in reserve. <laughs> yeah. Episode 10 will more than likely come out sometime, uh, maybe tomorrow, or I hope I'm trying to maybe get it uploaded tomorrow. Yeah. Edit it up and, yeah, tomorrow, throw it from on there. like the Sunday after today recording. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. I'm excited. I love like 
you'll send me a text like, hey, the episode's up. I'll be like one of the first few people watching this. I'm just like, <laughs> I need to relive what happened because maybe I can see flaws in our system before they happen. Truth is, no, I can't. Yeah. I'm just enamored like, oh, we built all of this. And they crawled right through the hole. Damn yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, no, well, um, I definitely didn't think they were either because it was weird. Like, uh, excuse me, they um, never breached it before Horde Night. Yeah. And now, granted, we didn't have anywhere near that many zombies. But, like, even the ones that, even the stragglers that just, like, kind of came up to our wall, they just kind of stared at it. They're like, yeah. uh, what? Well, even, like, <laughs> I, I had never in? thought about it. Um, like, we have the system going on where we've got two, like, two blocks that have circular holes cut out of them. Um, and like uh, one-on-one, one-on-one yeah, stacked on the on each side other. of our wall. But I never thought they could crawl through that because I've never tried it that way. I've always done like, you have a solid brick with no holes mm-hmm. and then a brick with a circle cut out of it. And then another solid on top of that. Just so that way I've got a porthole to shoot out of. Right. But I was like, I, and you had brought this up a while back. You were like, could they crawl through that? I'm like, no, nah, I've never seen that happen. <laughs> Turns out, yes, the hell they can. And yeah. they did. The dogs got through there too. Oh, everything well. got through there. I was um, like, <laughs> I saw them coming through. I was like, they're already through. And we were like, well, <laughs> fall back. We fell back to our inside the house and got up on the thank roof God and shot down have, at them. But thank God we have good fallback positions. Yeah, that was. I think mean, that was definitely smart to um, have it be like have it ready there just in case. Your barbed wire being placed around the front door probably saved us a couple times. I don't. I'm assuming it did. The force iron doors also helped but like mm-hmm. the spikes and everything did really well for the most part and then, yeah uh, like we've just got some stuff to some stuff to upgrade so again come comment on the videos and you know, yeah for sure give us some ideas and some support because whatever ideas you guys throw at us we can like modify a little bit and then if it's to your guys's liking then we'll keep doing it yeah yeah no especially if, if you enjoy watching seven days i know there's still a pretty good community out there for the game yeah it um, makes me so happy yeah and like the videos that I've watched that people play, they like get really into it and built really cool, like really cool bases. And um, I just want to strive to have as much stuff as you have on your uh, single player mm-hmm. world. Yeah. Um, just crates full of nothing but ammo and medical supplies. <laughs> it's nuts right now. Uh, yeah. We've got a small collection of, of mechanical or of uh, medical and ammo. A very small collection. Of very. Yeah. Very small. Like maybe a few, painkillers and yeah. bandages and first aid kits yeah. but like i think definitely soon we'll need some more food yes. uh but i think just the whole like aspect of the game is just fun because there is a lot at stake and you I'm like you kind of have to like take cover at nighttime you do yeah and like that's i like that like i gotta get inside somewhere safe for the night yeah eventually there will come a point where like we're so kitted out and everything like that we might have like helmet flashlights and everything like that where we can just like walk around at night loot at night and not be really mm-hmm. in any real danger but it's like man those early days yeah you need to take cover at night yeah. it's like you are not like right. with the weapons we have right now we're not strong enough to go looting at night at mm-hmm. the moment. we will be soon right uh, you know it just it takes some time but we're getting there yeah for sure and like i think um um shoot I'm losing my train of thought yeah i just completely lost my train of thought no that train derailed so fast i know um Oh, I was gonna say, yeah, like it it's uh, it's it's hard at first because I think you and I both have gotten infected. Oh, multiple uh, times, yeah. multiple times already. Yeah, um, and one of them, it, the infection got so bad we had to do a quick little mercy kill. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was not pleasant, but it was also so it we're was like, really funny. Yeah, we're like, you know, if we're gonna die, at least die right by the bed so you can just yeah. spawn and get your stuff back. But just, just take me. Yeah, yeah, we need to. I keep forgetting that we need to add the. Um, 
I think it's like you can add people to your party. And so you'll be able to see exactly where they are on a map and everything like that. And then if we do that every episode, you'll get shared XP. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. I think within a proximity, but you can still, That's still get better, it. That's even better, yeah. So, um, I need to get yeah. the skill tree up, up and running. Yeah, we need to do that. So our skills keep increasing. But, um, you know, it's been a hell of a lot of fun mm-hmm. so far. It's Yeah, it's been a great time. Um, I want to play that game as long as we can and get – some cool builds. Just thinking about it, I might play some single player after this. Ends. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking about it. Yeah, no, I want to get like um, our catwalk. We basically have a our extra wall that we're building on, and we're having a catwalk go completely around the house eventually um, to provide like a walkway to like shoot down at our base. Yeah. So they shouldn't be able to get up there. So. Lots of fun projects being built. Yeah. It's a good time. So if you haven't played the game and like survival and like zombies, I would definitely recommend playing that yeah, game. Yeah, do it. Support support fun pimps. Yeah. I think that's the people that make it. I believe so, yeah. They, uh, they're they they're constantly working on the game and updating it and making like some really cool changes. So yeah, help, them, like, help them keep making it. Yeah, like the game's been out for a while. So like it's good that they're still adding stuff to the game and, you know, getting patches out and everything. Yeah, I need to go back and find like there was a, an old, I say old, there was a guy playing the game a long, long time ago. It's probably like 20... God, was it like 2012? Has it been out that long? I don't know. I need to look up how long that game's been out, but I think it was like 2012 or 13 or something like that. And if you looked at the game then when he was playing it compared to now, it is an entirely different thing. Really? It's like, it's nuts. Gosh, right? here, I'm, uh, I'm going to look up. When did... Last, or, um, seven Days to Die. Seven Days to Die. Yeah, that game's been out oh. a lot longer than I thought it had. Yep, it looks like it came out December thirteenth, two thousand thirteen. Wow, so it's been it's so almost ten, ten years it's old. Ten years, that's awesome. Holy crap! Must be like the ten year anniversary. Well, we gotta do a oh, special episode. We gotta what do if, a stream or something like that. Something I think a horde night needs to happen on that night on the uh, on December thirteenth. That's a great idea. That's it'll a be really a fun idea if we're doing it on keep pace, keeping pace for our uh, our world. It'll be a pretty high horde night too. I'll so have to, have to have a celebratory drink. For yeah, that, for that episode, that'd be great. I think that'd be so fun. All right. Well, uh, my notes are officially exhausted. Uh, so if you got anything else you want to toss out there, um, just a quick throwback back to Mando. It was great seeing Zeb. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> from a Rebels, quick little cameo, but it was awesome. Yeah. I know. Zeb. So hopefully we get to see him in future Star Wars projects. I think we will. So for all the shows we talked about today, go check them out. Yes. They're really good, really fun watches, especially if you're Star Wars fans. Yeah. And zombie fans. Of course. All right, buddy. Well, uh, thanks for making this happen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess, yeah, we'll see you guys in the next episode. There's no ad this time. You know that already. It's the end of the episode. But uh, don't worry. We're figuring that stuff out eventually. Fingers crossed. Yeah. uh, Yeah, for now, just enjoy ad-free episodes. Yeah. Jake, again, thank you for coming on. Oh, yeah, thank you again. Thank you for having me. Pizza Man LK on YouTube, and uh, I guess we'll, uh, we'll see you in the next one. All right. Adios. Bye.